You're listening to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast, where we aim to simplify online business so you can make more money. Now, here's your host, Derek Gale. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast. This is your host, Derek Gale, and uh, today I'm outside of the studio and uh, I'm recording in an office in Melbourne. And so we don't have our regular recording set up. That's probably why it may not sound just like our regular podcast does. But uh, I'm really excited because today's guest is not only Australia's number one best-selling business author, uh, an, a leading authority on property investing in Australia, but he's also a very successful online entrepreneur and uh, digital entrepreneur who's used his website to build a platform and channel that has allowed him to do, God, just so many incredible things, including recently building a commercial property investment fund that is now worth over, geez, I think it's worth over $100 million and uh, just exemplifies the power of what can be created using a digital business. So today we're going to dig in to his online success and uh, unearth some of the secrets that you can apply to your business. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome close personal friend and uh, business partner, Steve McKnight to the show. Steve, thank you for being here. Derek, it's a pleasure. Excellent. So uh, give, give me the story. How, yeah. did, how, did you, how did you get to be not only a property investing expert, best-selling author, but to have this massively successful online business um, from working as an accountant at one of the big three? I think this interview is going to go for a very, very short period of time if we're going to be talking about me. So let me try and (laughs) turn this around and put it in the context of someone who might be listening to this and I think although I've been at this for longer the genesis of my beginning is very aligned I would imagine to a vast number of people listening to this. I was unhappy working as an accountant doesn't matter that it was being an accountant it could it could have been anything but I was unhappy doing it and I was looking for a way of replacing my income instead of selling my time in six minute intervals and by replacing my income to find something that I was excited about and gave me a lot more satisfaction in life than putting on a suit and going to an office I didn't want to be at. And it was 1999 and I had attended a number of wealth creation seminars and they had led me to Unusually, because I live in Melbourne, Australia, Vancouver, Canada, and speaking at that seminar was your previous business partner, Corey Rudel. You were there too. And I bought your overpriced course (laughs) and came back to Australia and thought this could be what I was looking for. There were were two things that happened, though, that really gave me a confidence this was more than a, a... a fad and that was driving around Denver after being at that conference in Vancouver where I saw first of all a billboard advertising a website and then secondly a radio ad advertising a website and and it dawned on me that this internet thing was real and that it was in in many ways the the modern equivalent of a gold rush and whereas gold rushes are, are obviously limited to where the gold is with the internet there was gold everywhere so a question for you and i know you pretty well but i'm not really sure the answer to this question what came first digital and internet or real estate were you already doing real estate at that time yeah (laughs) the the start of 1999 saw me open an accounting practice with my business partner at the time david bradley and a couple of months in, I came to Dave and I said, Dave, I don't want to be an accountant anymore. And he looked at me and he said, well, Steve, that's all well and good, but we've, we've just quit our jobs to start up this accounting practice. What, what do you want to do? And again, perhaps the listeners can empathize with this reality. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew what I didn't want to do, and that was accounting. 
And so for me, instead of doing accounting, what I transitioned into was real estate investment. But in order to say goodbye to the accounting practice once and for all, we had to replace our income from selling our time. And the way that we did that was as our real estate investment ramped up and people found us and wanted us to teach them what we were doing in real estate, we could gradually and then eventually let go altogether uh, away from the accounting biz. Okay, so you had the, you were doing the real estate, people said, hey, how are you doing this? And you went to this event in Vancouver and you thought, hey, this internet thing's really cool. And one part of the story I do know is you went out and, and tried to knock off one of my websites, if I am correct, if I am correct, and uh, you started Wealth Tips online, right? And uh, it's an interesting story, and I think a lot of people listening that are just starting out can learn from this because it was, I think, a bit of a, a path of discovery for you that led you to the property investing. So share that story of Wealth Tips online. Okay, so we had the accounting practice. The accounting practice was generating income. I had to deal with my wife that we were living off her salary at the time and investing all everything we could. Everything we made in the accounting practice went into real estate. Then as we uh, got more real estate, we uh, quickly realized that our accounting practice in and of itself was not enough to keep bringing in deposits and wasn't earning enough money to justify a high borrowing. Um, situation. So hence, looking to the internet to make money. And after buying your course, 1999, uh, we started up this business called Wealth Tips Online, which wasn't a direct ripoff <laughs> of your website. Of but marketing tips online? <laughs> there, there was, however, s- some similarities. <laughs> and with those similarities... Uh, we, we, we use that website to talk about general wealth creation and, and in particular building wealth using businesses, using real estate and using stocks. And while the business was profitable and pretty good, what we found is that people weren't so interested in the business and the stock side of things, but they were very interested in the real estate. And... Perhaps this is a good tip for people listening. Sometimes what we want to give and what the market wants to consume are two different things. And we can tell the market what it needs, but that won't necessarily make us money if we just give the market what it wants. Even if that's not perfect, then that is less work and more reward. I remember telling the story uh, what would you do if you were working at McDonald's and someone who weighed 30 stone rolled in and said, I'll have five Big Macs, five thick shakes? Is it our job to say to them, no, you can't have that because you're clearly someone who has a weight issue? Or do you just give the market what it wants? If, if someone rolls onto the used car yard and says, I'll take the pink car when it's clearly going to look ridiculous. It's not our job to talk them out of it. It's our job to sell the pink car. And so here's the first challenge. How much of what you do is listening to what the market wants and how much of what you do is you telling the market what it needs? And if you're in the position where you're telling the market what it needs because you're passionate about it, but maybe the market isn't, then that can be five times as much effort for one-fifth the, re- the return. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so obviously that evolved into people wanted property investing information, right? And uh, thus you've now gone down that path. And, uh, you know, a big lesson that uh, another takeaway I see there is is not trying to be everything to everyone, right? Um, It's much easier to pick a niche and really specialize in that. And I mean, at the end of the day, that's your, you know, it's what you're passionate about anyway. Um, so now, obviously, Wealth Tips Online was retired, and that segued into what has now become one of the biggest real estate communities, property investing communities in Australia online, which is propertyinvesting.com. Now, I know this story, but I want you to tell the story of how you got this domain in because there's a lesson that I want to take out of it. So, I mean, propertyinvesting.com is an incredible domain name. 
How did you get it? It does sound good, sort of nearly 20 years on. But you have to remember that there were good domain names easier to get in the early days. That said, propertyinvesting.com was taken. I spent a fair bit of time looking around websites that I wanted to acquire. Interestingly, before we sent it on propertyinvesting.com, we wanted to get PI, P-I, because that was much easier than propertyinvesting.com. Mm-hmm. But of course, PI has something to do with mathematics, and it was for sale at several million dollars, which is a bit beyond our budget. So I came back to propertyinvesting.com, and it was for sale. So someone had registered it, and they were willing to sell it. And I, I forget how much they wanted to begin with, but it was tens of thousands of dollars. And I wrote to them, and I said, look, I, I realize the domain is probably worth that, but I, I can't pay anything like it. Are you negotiable? And they, uh, the person selling the site came back and said, well, we are. What, what are you willing to pay for it? And I said, look, not a lot. What's the lowest amount you would take? And I think they came back at $5,000, which in today's money would be something you'd probably pay in the blink of an eye and high-five yourself for getting a great deal. <laughs> but I didn't have $5,000 back in those days to buy a domain for a business that was unproven. And so I, I replied back and I said, look, that, again, it's probably that sounds like a great deal. It's probably incredible value, but it's more than I can afford. Uh, could you go any lower? And he came back, how low would you go? Well, what would you sell it to me for? And uh, this is a negotiation strategy. Whoever says the first number, the number first tends to lose. So that's why I was trying not to say a number. Anyway, push came to shove and it got down to about $500. (laughs) This guy must have had a whole suite of domain names he was hanging on to. And And I said, look, you know, I'm sorry, I can't even pay $500. If you're willing to sell it, for 250 let me know. He goes, that's too low. Definitely not. And so it, it sat there for a while. And then a bit later, he, he got in touch with me again and said, all right, I'll take you $250. <laughs> and so propertyinvesting.com was, is probably the best purchase I ever made. You know, I've bought 500 plus properties, which sounds impressive, but none of them have appreciated anything like propertyinvesting.com in percentage terms. And... You know, to put this in perspective, and the reason I wanted to highlight this is because um, most people go out there and they look at domains. And let's be clear, propertyinvesting.com, you bought that, what year was that? 2001. 2001, okay? So you're going back 14 years ago. Uh, But for 2001, domains had value and, you know, people knew what they were worth. Um, So, you know, one of the points I kind of want to emphasize there Mm -hmm. is everything's negotiable and i see people all the time that that see a good property there's nothing on it the domains may be for sale but they're asking five ten thousand dollars twenty thousand dollars everything's negotiable and uh you know i mean (laughs) i love that story because it a it's so you as the negotiator b it's um i mean such a huge drop from tens of thousands to 250 bucks but you know anybody listening i've never bought a domain for asking price on any major domain site that they're selling domains for you should be able to pick that up for at least 50 percent of their asking price that's just a a sort of a side tip there on domain uh negotiation Perhaps, Derek, it'd be worthwhile spending a moment or two talking about the value in a domain and whether it's oversold or undersold, uh, because this is your area of expertise rather than mine. My own opinion is a domain is a bit like an address, but if you are going to buy an address and all there is is a vacant block of land, well, then the address isn't worth a lot. But if you're going to buy an address and there's something of substance at that address, then then there could be value there. And when people start up businesses, whether it's online or offline, they tend to have pretty bullish expectations about what's going to happen. And the danger is spending a lot of your investment capital on a domain name when you haven't got a business behind it. So a question back for you, Derek, how important is a domain name 
would you spend your precious, if you had limited precious capital, would you be better off spending that buying a really good domain name or perhaps going with something that's not as good and spending the money elsewhere generating traffic or create product creation, et cetera? And I mean, that's a good question. And um, the answer is, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> you web guys, yeah. you never say and, yes And I no. wish I had an answer that was better, but it, look, it's it, an empty domain name, and you're right, a, a domain name with nothing there that hasn't been developed at all is an empty block of land. But if we go back into real estate, not all land is created equal, right? If we went down into Sydney, um, right in, or into Melbourne, right into the CBD, and on Elizabeth Street, there was just this empty block of land that is flanked by two high-rises, uh, you don't need to develop it, and you can sell it for a lot of money. Why? Because there's people already going to it, right? It doesn't generate an income for you because it's vacant. Sure, absolutely not. Anything generating an income is going to be worth more, right? But if, if I could go out there and you said to me, hey, Derek, I could buy a domain name that is a word that people are just typing in and it's getting direct traffic and that's my market, holy cow, yeah, I'll invest in that because it's like turning on the customer tap, right? Like if I if I sell shoes and I can get shoes.com, oh, well, yeah, that's awesome. But the reality is, is look, the domains of that caliber now are either taken or big, dollars. Or big, big, big dollars, right? And so we went through a pay, uh, phase where people are like, well, I want an exact match to my top keyword. Like, uh, uh, you know, I bought how to make soap years ago. And that was because I could rank really well for it. And uh, Google gave you um, a boost if you have that exact match domain for the search. But that's kind of gone away. So to your question, do we want to invest a ton of money in uh, a domain? Uh, the answer is no. There's better ways, I think, to spend that money today, uh, hands down. And... Uh, uh, unless you have this big vision for owning a, a brand, you know, you're going to create a Nike or uh, something like that. Uh, but look, as a small business getting started, save your money, get a decent domain name and, and know that you can change domains later, right? Like a domain's not permanent. You can switch sites with no um, real loss later on down the road. So, uh, perhaps if I could give people some free business advice, remembering that I still am a chartered accountant, although I don't practice anymore. Uh, and that is to echo what you just said. Um, if you've got a limited budget, and at the end of the day, we've all got a limited budget, invest that money on generating income first and foremost. Uh, and then once you've got money coming in the door, reinvest that down the track if you have to. I would always encourage someone to invest in, in an income stream before a, a an asset that potentially would appreciate in value. Mm -hmm. So uh, if it was me starting again today, I would concentrate on the business behind the website first and foremost. And then as that business grew in value and created more, more money, I would then look to try and trade up my domain name. Yeah, and that is, that's sage advice. I mean, at the end of the day, when you're getting started, cash flow is king. If you have no cash flow, well, you can have the best domain name in the world and you're only going to be in business for so long. Um, all right, so let, let's turn back to propertyinvesting.com because propertyinvesting.com is kind of a, it's a fascinating website. And uh, let me ask you a question. When you first started propertyinvesting.com, and it's kind of fun actually because these are questions I've never asked you before. Mm -hmm. um, when you started propertyinvesting.com and you bought that domain name, what was your vision for it? Jeez, I can hardly remember yesterday, let alone over a decade ago, but I believe that the vision was to try and assist people by giving them good quality information about property investing from someone who was first and foremost an active property investor. Not to try and sell them real estate, not to try and be everything to everyone, as you said before, but this is the way I'm investing and this is what's working for me. And if you're interested in the same outcome that I am, which is to be financially free, then maybe this could work for you as well. And I can remember when propertyinvesting.com was barely a website and was more of a, a distribution list that we would send out 
infrequent emails to using Mailloop, 16 people on the list. And every time someone would send me an email, there was no opt-in automatic. It was send me an email and be put on the list kind of thing. It was very basic. I remember being so happy when I would get an email out of the blue, please add me to the list, please add me to the list. And then what we did is we offered some very basic training about property investing. Actually, before then, there was a product on how to write a classified ad, which we sold for $20 a pop. And then there was a, a first training that we ran, and gradually as we got more money, we were able to invest in a web designer to come up with a design and to automate a lot of the functionality on the, on the website. And what he did was he created a forum and that forum became the lifeblood of the website mm-hmm. because it was people swapping ideas around what works for them. And, uh, you know, one of the things that's fascinating about propertyinvesting.com is the growth of that forum and how it's really become the engine driving propertyinvesting.com. Now, when you first started the forum, um, so you had a designer, and did he say to you, hey, you guys should have a forum? Was there thought put into it, or did... Oh, I think I sat down, and I've, 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 I've used this technique a number of times. What I do is I go to a whiteboard with post-it notes, and I write ideas on the post-it notes, and then just stick them on the whiteboard. And then what I like to do is rearrange the, the post-it notes into some kind of... Uh, narrative or story with one idea on each post-it note and not every idea will make it in but I had a vision around creating a forum board where people could swap ideas and the web designer to his credit Alistair Cameron uh, had the visual design and coding ability to be able to to put this together and even though our forum's far advanced even today I still think perhaps that forum in the early days was better uh, maybe not visually looking, but it it did so much, and was was so effective. Mm-hmm. Now, the forum is is so powerful because, and and I wanted to stop for a second and talk about forums because if you're in a niche or in a business where there's a collective group of people that want to communicate and want to talk, there's uh, there's an inherent. Um, draw to go to social and to start a Facebook group or to start a, uh, well, really it's a Facebook group nowadays. And I see so many businesses that go out there and they build a big Facebook group and they build their following on Facebook. And, and really what you're doing is you're helping Mr. Zuckerberg become more and more valuable. And the fact is, is forums are probably one of the most undervalued uh, tools in your internet marketing toolkit because once you can create momentum in a forum, the benefits are enormous. First of all, well, I mean, I'll ask you, where do where do the majority of your opt-ins come from? I believe they come from people who, who, who are searching. Uh, for for real estate topics and they come to the forum and they see activity and they see life and they want to get access to the forum because we only give people a limited amount of access till they have to sign in and indeed that was one of the strategies which really exploded our opt-ins because people wanted access and we gave them a taste but if they wanted unrestricted access to be able to read and post then they had to sign up yeah, and, and and so with forums. So I mean, you kind of you answered my next question as well. Damn it! So stick with me here. You're getting ahead of me. The <laughs> the 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 forum um, first of all drives your database growth, right? Because when somebody opts in to join the forum, they are added to the database, and you're now able to market to those people. Well, and I just think we're getting ahead of ourselves just a little bit. I think I always like I'm a I'm a basic bald headed ex accountant. I like to keep things simple. Uh, And I I ask the question, and I consistently and continually ask myself this question, who is it that uses the internet? And if we 
take out bots that are scanning the internet? The answer is people. And then the next question I ask myself is, why do people use the internet? And the answer is uh, one of two reasons, entertainment or information. So I then come back and I ask myself this question all the time. And it, it changes because people change. It's, in what way does my website provide information and in what way does my website provide entertainment in a way that meets the needs of the people coming to my website? Because again, what the big mistake I see people tend to make is they make their website all about them rather than understanding that it's not about them. If they make their website about the people who are going to come to their website, then naturally that will be far more successful. And so coming back to the forum, the forum's important because people want to talk and they want to communicate. And the internet's made it easier for people to be able to do that. Uh, what the the question and you you sort of indicated it before Derek what the what the question the internet entrepreneur needs to figure out is how can I build momentum around my forums how can I reward people for contributing what how can I make it worth their while to to be a part of this community and th that's a longer conversation and there's no secret source to be able to do it as there's just a lot of a lot of work and it takes time and when you first started off, just out of curiosity, because I wasn't familiar with the forum at that time, how did it gain momentum? How did you get people? Because there's a lot of forums out there where there is nothing going on. A <laughs> bit of tumbleweed blowing through. Yeah. At the time, there were two forums in the Australian market talking about real estate. And what made our website work really well is the other forum wouldn't allow any advertising. So we allowed people to advertise in their signature mm -hmm. below their, their sign-off. And that prompted people to want to make conversation. The other thing that helped was a lot of posts. There's, there was a lot of questions being asked around that time. And I would go on routinely and answer them. So there was, a, there was an in-the-house expert. Mm -hmm. And at that same time, my first book came out and I was doing a fair bit of TV work. And so people wanted to ask Steve a question and Steve made himself available. Right. And again, that's where you see a lot of forums, nothing's going on in them. And so if you're going to start a forum, you need to be prepared to put in the work up front and to, to be active and to be involved. Now, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go sort of on the techie nerd internet side here and point out the value of the forum um, from a completely digital business standpoint. And, and first of all, the beauty of a forum is it's all user-generated content. And typically, because they're within a niche, it's all very, very keyword-rich content. Now, what that's created um, with PropertyInvesting.com, which is fascinating, is you now have a, a website that is, I think it's over well over 100,000 pages now, of real estate investing content that has effectively not been created by you. It's been created by this community. So who loves that? Google loves that. And so Google now um, absolutely loves this website. And, and I think in any niche, if you spend some time and you do some searching, you're always going to find forums in the, in the top of the SERP. And so now, with that website, you're generating, I believe it's around 100,000 unique visitors out of Google every single month because of all of this user-generated content. And I want to go back to one thing that you said here because I think it was a big tipping point in increasing your subscription rates. And this is something that I see with forums all the time is if you decide to start a forum, which if you're in a niche and there is a group of people that want to talk, by all means, I would say try and start a forum. Go for it. There's lots of technology out there to use it. If you're using WordPress, use BB Press, whatever that may be. I'll include some links to that in the show notes. But um, 85 or 90% of the people who go to forums are what we call lurkers. They don't post and they won't interact. And they will just consume that content 
And although they would be good clients, if you could connect with them and you can get that information, you know, you can get their email address, you can get them to opt in, but they don't because they're lurking and they're getting that content. So what Steve did with his forum is they set up using a really simple technology, a simple plugin that says after you've been on the site for X period or visited X pages, it effectively locks you out and says, hey, if you want to get more of this free information, you need to become a member. And, um, you know, I think that was sort of a 10x for membership signups when that was turned on. And so, again, it's a fine balance. You want to be able to give that away. But remember, if you're giving all that away, that's all good and well. But if you're trying to create a business, you need to capture that email address to build that database so that you can now communicate with those people. So kind of something I wanted to, to point out there. Now, one of the one of the questions that always comes up when I start talking about forums and where a lot of entrepreneurs shy away is the trolls, as they're called, right? How do you deal with the, the in every forum, you get them, you get these, you know, for lack of better terms, these jackasses that go in there and have absolutely nothing good to say about anything and create chaos and havoc. So like, what are your policies with that? How do you deal with them? I see it as graffiti, Derek. I see it as, as um, virtual graffiti. People coming on to say a forum board and and either flaming someone else or just ranting and raving and not adding to the fabric of what's going on. And it's a delicate situation to take away someone's voice. But I, I have this philosophy. When I pay the bill, I get to say what stays. When you pay the bill, you can have a say of what stays. And if you're not willing to pay the bill, then you're there as my guest and... Uh, you're in my house and I can kick you out any time I want. And that's a nice way of saying, don't try and be friends with everyone. What's going to be more important is for you to create a social, uh, safe, hospitable environment, a DNA of your website, if you like, that's going to encourage people to want to be a part of it. The trick is, you don't want to be the one doing all the monitoring. So what you need to find are a couple of people who like the idea of what you're doing and have some interest in what you're doing and can monitor the website. Uh, we have on our website, for instance, on our forum board, a report abuse button. But I make sure that the moderators, and I only have two of them, so you don't need a large number of them, read every post. And that gives me some comfort that when someone comes along who's graffitiing the website or the forum board that we can clean it up pretty quickly and especially today there are smart people who have bots that go out and sign up and do all sorts of other things so this is just an ongoing problem and it takes some time and occasionally a little bit of money for you to make sure everything stays on track but if you have a website where people want to come and troll it maybe that's a backhanded compliment that you're doing something right because People generally don't want to waste their time. They're looking looking for something. And I don't think trolls are going to troll somewhere where there's no one who's going to look and see what they do. Yeah, it's true. I guess it's a sign of success, eh? You know, when people are actually there. Um, yeah, you've, you've kind of made it. So I guess that's, that's a good problem to have. And, uh, you know, it's something I've, I've admired the way you handle that because I think it's... it's you can't stifle... Um, opposing opinions and you need to welcome that but there's a certain level where you have to say no uh enough's enough what's a bigger issue is giving people a voice but making sure they voice that respectfully in accordance with defamation laws because let's say oh, i think that Derek gale is a nasty piece of work and <laughs> I want to come online and warn other people about Derek Gale. Mm -hmm. Well, if I jump online and I say, hey, I just want to let you know I've had dealings with Derek Gale before and I've been really badly let down and, in fact, he ripped me off. He took $10,000 of my money and he, he didn't give it back. Beware, signed off Steve. Well, next thing I expect to get is a letter from Derek Gale's lawyer saying you need to 
take this down because this mm-hmm. is defamation. Even though I'm the owner of the website and I may not have posted it, someone else may have posted it. If you get successful enough, and, and this is real gold because people want and value other people's opinions, but in today's brand protection regime, people are trying to protect their brand even if they've done the wrong thing. So you as the website owner need to walk a tight line between upholding someone's right to be able to share information Mm. and potentially being dragged into court Mm -hmm. for some kind of quasi-defamation action because you want to respect people's right to free speech. Our own policy, for what what it's worth, is that we read it and we encourage debate. We don't allow any character assassination at all. The second it gets personal, we delete it. But to the extent that it's someone's account, factually, with the dealings they've had with someone, then we leave it as it is. Okay. And uh, I think that's a pretty, a pretty broad policy that would apply, I think, to just about any forum out there, right? It takes guts, though, when you're getting threatening legal letters saying, we're going to sue you for hundreds of thousands of dollars unless you mm-hmm. take this post down, to say, all right, give it your best shot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess yeah, that, yeah, that would take some uh, some confidence to uh, to stand up for that. Well, and perhaps it's a fight you don't necessarily need to have. I remember one lawyer friend of mine said to me, "Steve, is this really something you want to go into bat for?" But at the end of the day, it's the fabric of your forum. Mm-hmm. If you won't stand for anything, then why is someone going to come to your website? Yeah. I did want to make a point before, Derek, that I, I lost track on, and I, I think the most valuable commodity on the web today is trust. Mm-hmm. And I think this is very much downplayed because people are so busy developing their schism on the internet, but they don't understand that it's a hard ask to get someone to come to your website they don't know you from Adam to then want to buy the thing that you're selling and to give you money. I mean, if someone just came up on, to you on the street and said, can you give me $200? You're probably going to say no. <laughs> but that's the equivalent of what's happening on the internet. You're bumping into someone or they've found you and you're mm-hmm. saying, can you give me even your, your details? I mean, people guard their privacy, rightly so, so much these days. Will you give me your details and I'll give you some information? I mean, the value proposition of 10 years ago is different to the value proposition today. So I would encourage people to spend some time thinking about answering this question. Why would someone who doesn't know you trust you? And if you can communicate that on your website, uh, then all the better. And the easiest way that you can communicate trust, certainly saying trust me is is not the way, uh, has to be testimonials. Mm -hmm. And so the use of appropriate testimonials that answer the question in the new visitor's mind, can this person that I'm here to find out more about be trusted? Can they answer the questions that I've got? How did, how did they help? If you can answer those questions, then that takes away one of the, the stumbling blocks and one of the biggest stumbling blocks that anyone coming to a website has, which is, am I going to be ripped off by dealing with the people behind this website? Yeah, and, and I, th- I think trust is something that um, it's easy to lose sight of. You know what it's easy to lose sight of, especially in the world of digital business, online business, is the human element behind it. And that it's not just a transaction, that you know, you're you're taking somebody's money and promising them some sort of value, and uh, you know, as I've gotten to know you over the years, I think that's one of the things I've I've really respected is um, the connection you have with the people that are in the forums that are part of your communities, and uh, to that point, you know, let's let's talk about the real estate niche. I mean, the real estate, yeah, let's talk about it because I mean, it it is scorched earth, right? Like, I mean, it is scorched earth over the past 15 years, toxic toxic. and, um, and you're, you've, you've 
weathered the storm you've you know you've come out the other end of it and you're still going strong and uh, i mean i think there's a business lesson to be had there but you know what what's your uh what's your secret well i often say to people the wealth creation industry is a sewer mm-hmm. and if you choose to be a participant in it then it's 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 a bit like swimming in the sewer and you have to realize that when you swim in the sewer everyone comes out smelling subpar <laughs> and if you if you if you come out thinking you don't stink then you've you've misunderstood the nature of it but even though the nature of the industry is dodgy that allows people of character to try and step above the practices of the industry they find themselves in and that doesn't mean you're always going to get it right. I haven't. I've made mistakes from time to time. and But you live and learn with that. Certainly one of the great secrets to my longevity is never selling real estate, only training and educating. And what's happened in my case is with the benefit of hindsight, people, oh, history's proven it to be accurate. Where I am now, uh, and this is sort of moving the conversation away from how the website started off to the, the most recent way it's been amazingly monetized, is this, this notion of trust. When you apply it for long enough, then instead of people trusting the website, they'll begin to trust the identity behind the website. And there's nothing more powerful today than a trusted advisor. Because once you become a trusted advisor, instead of just people believing you and what you can do, they'll believe you and who you refer them on to. And once you have that, you can take your income generating ability through to further generations. And to flesh this concept out a little bit more, as I said, one of the secrets to my success is never selling people real estate, but I'm conscious that a lot of people can't invest in real estate the way that I invest in real estate. They don't have the time, the money, the skill, or the risk threshold. So some years ago, I set up a managed fund to invest in commercial property in the United States. And I went back to my database and I said, look, for for over a decade, you've been asking me, can I invest your money? And I, I said, no. And uh, you've, you've said you, you've wanted to invest with me. Well, I've come across an opportunity that I think is just the most incredible opportunity I've ever seen in my whole life. Australian dollar was high. US real estate prices were low. If we're ever going to do anything, well, I'm going to stake my entire reputation on this. And to date, we've raised over $75 million dollars for this managed fund and and we're full. And with this managed fund, the idea is that, and I'm the fund's biggest investor, collectively we're we're out there investing and making money. So not only have now I've shown people how to invest, I've taken that trusted advisor relationship to seed up this $75 million fund And now that that's doing really well, what it's allowed me to do is create a new level of trust with with people, which adds more value to the website. Now, I'm not saying everyone can do that, but what I'm saying is instead of trading on knowledge, which is how you sell something, I'll show you how to do it, I'll teach you something you don't know. When you can morph into trading on trust, and mm-hmm. that, that trust is, is demonstrable because you've been doing this for long enough and you've got to track history. Yeah. Then that will, it'll smash the glass ceiling. Yeah, takes it to a, an entirely new height and level. Now, I don't know if the guys listening, and the girls for that matter, fully understand what an incredible piece of free information that was. But that has allowed me... I mean, propertyinvesting.com as a website, I checked earlier on today, has done $26 million in sales since it started in 2001, which is solid yeah. by any measure. 
But propertyinvesting.com over the last 24 months has been more profitable than ever before because of my ability in, in raising the money for this fund mm-hmm. and the marketing fees that have flown back to it. And not only has it allowed more income to come through the door, it's made the business far more valuable because now it's got a uh, there's a demonstrable history of being able to raise money off this database. It makes it, the database worth a lot more. And for, for everybody listening, you know, this fund, so the trust, the everything Steve's talked about here, it's all, all wrapped up to create this this incredible outcome. Um, but it's this website and it's this online, it, the internet gave him the ability to create this, to reach all of these people and is is the engine. But, you know, to that point, so many people fixate on the technology. They fixate on the, the bits, the bytes, the websites, the WordPresses and all that stuff. But to truly create a business, you got to go beyond that. And that's where this trust element comes into play. And, you know, I want to highlight one more thing here because, you know, there's lots of people listening that are starting businesses. And uh, something that you said, Steve, that uh, has kept you um, in that trusted advisor role is the fact that you've only educated and you never sold them real estate. And so that means anything that you were teaching them was coming from a completely unbiased, genuine this is how I do it and this is how I'm going to educate you for you to go and do it. And I, I have no um, uh, bias or, or, or whatever. And, and there's something to be taken away from that because if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably in that space where you are looking to, uh, to improve your financial means. And maybe you're looking at internet businesses. Maybe you're looking at real estate. And maybe you're looking at stock trading. And if there's one piece of advice I can give you, if you ever come across an educator that claims to be the educator but is also trying to sell you the solution. So, for example, if you're going to try and learn stock trading and then somebody actually tells you, that you should buy this stock or is pushing those investments on you or another perfect example is in the internet marketing world when I say hey I'm going to teach you how to build a business on the internet and here you can go sell all my products right there is a bias and that you're not getting a genuine um, uh, teacher there and and the trust in that situation is flawed yeah it's real simple to me Derek are you doing it? And if mm-hmm. you are, how much money are you making from doing it? Or are you selling an idea that you haven't been able to figure out for yourself? The easiest way of generating trust is testimonials, as I said before. And your first testimonial should be yourself. This is what I am achieving right now. I mean, I'm, I'm the real estate guy who's bought $100 million dollars Australian worth of real estate in the last two years. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can show you the properties that I bought and I've got the lessons that come from buying $100 million worth of real estate. Now, there are people out there that sell programs in the real estate space that have bought very little real estate, but they've been to a lot of seminars and they've gathered a lot of information, but they don't know how to make it work. Uh, just be careful how you invest your money is, is perhaps the best uh, tip to take away from that. Absolutely. All right, so we're running out of time here. And uh, you know, to wrap things up, you've been through, you've been through a lot in your career um, as an entrepreneur and uh, lots of highs, lots of lows, um, definitely more highs and, and, and a lot of success. You know, if, you're, if you were sitting across the table from someone who's thinking about making that leap, starting their own entrepreneurial journey, online, offline, whatever it may be. And I always know you have words of wisdom and some really bad dad jokes. Um, let's let's hear the words of wisdom. Yeah, don't do it. Stick to your nice, safe, paying <laughs> job. Don't, don't <laughs> quit your job. <laughs> um. Okay, that wasn't what I was looking for. Oh, okay. 
perhaps the advice I gave myself when I left the accounting profession, sort of, what are we at, uh, 15 years ago, you can always go back. If it doesn't work, then you can always go back to what you're doing now, perhaps for a little less pay. But the opportunity to move forward only gets harder as you get older. So there really isn't any better time to try something new than right now. Why? Because it's only going to get harder the longer you delay. And secondly, if it doesn't work out, you can always go back to what you're doing now. So what is there really to risk? Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny too. I've learned more from you, I think, than anybody about risk and really quantifying risk. And typically when you break down what the risk actually is, it's never as big as you feel it is once you really break it down. So, all right, Steve, thank you very much um, for those words of wisdom. Anybody who's interested in property investing, by all means, go check out propertyinvesting.com uh, and, and look at how that site's been set up. Look at the, you know, how he's capturing leads, how the forum's structured. There's a lot that can be taken away from that. Steve, thank you very much. Till next time, Derek. All right, everybody. If you enjoyed this podcast, you know where to find us on iTunes. Make sure you have subscribed and leave us a rating, leave us a review. As per usual, we will have the uh, entire transcript of this podcast along with show notes, any links we mentioned on entrepreneurignited.com forward slash podcast. I want to thank you very much. Have a prosperous and productive week and we'll see you in the next episode. You're listening to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast where we aim to simplify online business so you can make more money.